Welcome to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. Hear and learn through the success of others how to build the life and business you deserve. Learn to overcome failure, what it means to seek out growth, and how to become the best possible version of yourself. And now, here's your host, coach, entrepreneur, husband and father, and author of the number one best-selling book, Survive, Scale, Soar, Jeremy Williams. And welcome back to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy. And this show comes in two formats. One is real talk, where it's just me and the mic talking about things that are happening in our world and how they impact your business and your life. And then there is success talks. And that's where I get to interview some amazing people in their industry to find out what has made them successful. And we have an amazing guest today. It is Jason Hoyt. He is the president of the foundation for Beta Upsilon Chi, or better known to many of the men in this group, Brothers Under Christ. It is a men's ministry on college campuses all across the country, and I'm excited to have Jason here today. Jason, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jeremy. Glad to be here, and uh, hopefully I can contribute and add some value to your listeners. Great. I I know they're going to get some great stuff today, Uh, Brothers Under Christ. Uh, was a big impact in my life. A lot of people that are close to me understand that. I was a founding father for the the Zeta chapter at Texas State University, and it really changed my life in in college, and um, you know it's impacted my my ability to lead. and And I'm so grateful for it. And um, you know it's it's definitely a God thing that that was placed into my life. Um, Jason, tell tell me a little bit about your experience in Bucks. I know you're a Texas A&M guy, Giga Maggie's. Uh, tell me a little bit about your experience there and then how you've moved into that leadership role. Yeah, great. Yeah, I uh, was a freshman at Texas A&M in the uh, fall of 1996. And uh, at least at that time, uh, entering freshman year, our uh, fraternity box did not uh, have fall rush. So I knew that I uh, was interested in checking out uh, the fraternity and had met a few guys uh, in the organization um, prior and attended some of the open events in the fall of my freshman year and just really found something unique there. And uh, it was a um, camaraderie I had not seen amongst young men uh, in high school, um, even being involved here and there with uh, some different local churches uh, where I grew up just didn't really find the uh, the deep connection of young men and was longing and wanting uh, to, to have that and grow my relationship with Christ. And so I pledged in the spring of 1997. And uh, at that time, Bucks, I think we had maybe four campuses around the state of Texas. And we didn't really um, do a whole lot of things together other than uh, we shared the same name. Um, and so... I was uh, a member, became cell group leader, uh, became an officer, and uh, was just a really pivotal uh, experience in growing me in my relationship with Christ and also growing me as a young man throughout college, uh, learning to to have deeper relationships with other young men. And um, yeah, we just had a lot of fun together too, and a good, clean, God-honoring fun uh, throughout college, um, we did a lot of the the social uh, events and some destination uh, formals and things like that that are kind of stapled to um, 
uh, fraternal experiences in college, but we did them uh, in honoring the Lord in that process. So it was a it was a pivotal time. Loved it. A great experience. Probably one of the the most challenging and rewarding experiences um, I had during college. And I'm not a particularly emotional uh, person, but my last chapter meeting my senior year was a pretty emotional night. Just looking back and reflecting on the the four. Uh, years I was in the fraternity and all the men that I crossed paths with that have poured their time, energy, and efforts uh, into me and also the relationships I had with the brothers that I was graduating with as well. So just an ex amazing experience. And as far as uh, postgraduate, um, kind of an interesting journey there. My um, One of the guys that I, I knew um, was he was president of our chapter when I was uh, a pledge and um, right about the time organizationally uh, the fraternity was becoming a national um, national entity and so they hired uh, this guy particularly his name is Kyle Hoover he's a pastor over in Austin uh, now and um, he was the first ever employee for for Bucks and uh, he had approached uh, me as I was graduating and and said, hey, do you have any interest in potentially working for Bucks? And I was like, well, you know, uh, that sounds awesome, but um, I already have this job lined up in corporate finance and accounting with uh, um, the old big blue blockbuster. I still uh, got my membership card. So, yeah, uh, I worked there at Blockbuster in their corporate headquarters for the first four years or so out of college. Uh, and then uh, kind of the opportunity kind of came back around for me to work uh, for Bucks in 2004. And uh, I really jumped at the opportunity to 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 go after that, really, because I had now had a little bit of perspective in the corporate world. Um and didn't necessarily see my professional career being a 40-year journey through the uh, corporate finance and accounting route. So uh, really was looking for an opportunity that would be a little more in line with some of my passions and some of the things that impacted me in college. So jumped at the opportunity and uh, became at that time the executive director for uh, the Bucks organization. And um, at that time, we had about 600 members and about 11 campuses, mostly in the state of Texas. So still still pretty uh, small organization. So in the past 18 years or so, we've grown from uh, 600 members to about 2,300 members and about 36 campuses right now, I think is what we're on, uh, across the south, southeast, and midwest mainly uh, right now. So... I've gotten the opportunity to serve in a bunch of different capacities, uh, be involved in everything from organizational development, leadership development, staff development, expansion of new chapters, uh, to um, working on leadership development for our um, collegiate officers, collegiate leaders, uh, developing uh, those some of those uh, retreats and things that provide leadership training for the guys. Uh, to now what I do uh, as the president of the foundation is really I work on and in the alumni association and building relationships with guys, helping guys transition from uh, collegiate to uh, to life. And uh, I, I do quite a bit of resource development and fundraising for the organization as well. 
So those are kind of my primary roles now, uh, but I've been able to kind of be a part of developing and and growing the entire organization now for for a good long while. Yeah, that's that's a pretty incredible journey going from you know something that size to what it is today, and to think about the amount of impact uh, that has had. And going through that, I know as as a leader, and everybody that's listening to this is a leader. You know, you may say you're not a leader, you are a leader. And so I, I think there's a, a great conversation that could take place here is obviously there are some challenges over the years and how did your leadership play a role in that? Yeah, I think when I, uh, I started, I walked into, um, you know, a Christian fraternal organization and had a great experience myself and at least in my leadership capacity in the undergraduate world, I didn't face a lot of adversity. Uh, <laughs> and stepping into this role now overseeing, um, you know, the organization in many different states and, and uh, yeah, that was adversity kind of punched me in the face as a young man uh, in this role. And I didn't really quite understand why uh, that was happening. But, um, you know, the adversity that, that we went through uh, per, uh, produced a lot of fruit and a lot of growth, and a lot of great conversations uh, in the organization that were needed for us to continue to grow. And, uh, yeah, no one really loves to face adversity at all in their life. But um, when that, those tough moments pass, you reflect back on, like, how much you've learned and how much you've grown, how much the organization has grown. And uh, it's really a, some of the most fruitful growing, growing times going through some, some challenges. Yeah, I think you know, we always want to avoid, there's that avoidance of failure, there's that avoidance of, of facing and taking on challenges. And what we cheat ourselves of is the opportunity to learn and to be able to grow from that and then take those lessons and apply them. And it's going to happen again. And I always say, you got to fail faster. Like if you want to get better, if you want to get to that next level, you have to keep failing and failing faster and recovering from that. That's that's where you can see the greatest amount of fruit. Now, you had a big challenge um, here not too long ago, and that was with COVID. And what a lot of people, you know, if they don't have a student that's going to college or, you know, never been to college or, you know, they, they weren't impacted in that way because of, of COVID, um, give us a little insight to what happened. Uh, once they made that decision to lock down schools, how did you, what happened with the organization? Well, I think like anybody in our world today, no one really had a playbook for it. Uh, no one really knew where to go next. But we were actually on spring break in the spring of 20. So the vast majority of our campuses were already away from campus. Uh, they were home, you know, on wherever they were, whatever they were doing. And uh, we we got notification from our first university that uh, that the students were not going to come back after spring break. They were going to give them an extra week of spring break. And of course, at first, students are just ecstatic. Yeah, two weeks of spring break. That's incredible. But uh, it was a domino effect, I think, for universities across the board. Um, and I'll probably talk about this later. And, but you know, universities are, are really adverse to, to risk. They don't want to be in the limelight. They don't want to be um, in the limelight for the wrong reasons. 
And so um, there was this domino effect across all of our chapters, all of our universities where our chapters are at of like, hey, they're they're basically following one another, given an extra week of spring break and or going all remote very quickly. And so for us, um, at first, it it was uh, a challenge being a, a a social organization that can't meet socially is uh is pretty challenging. You know, how do you keep members engaged? Why would they want to continue to be a part of the fraternity when they uh, cannot gather together and have fun? Um, and do the normal social events that they normally do. So that was immediately a challenge. Fortunately for us, um, from a bigger perspective as an organization, at that point in time, our members pay membership dues on a semesterly basis. The vast majority of our members had uh, paid their membership dues by that point in time. And so uh, for us in the spring of 20, we were financially okay for the number of months remaining. Um, and so in the summer, I guess it was June of 2020, it became really clear that uh, our fall 20 campuses were going to be impacted. And so then we began to go into sort of uh, the emergency mode that everybody sort of went into that own, owns a business or is in business and try to figure out how do we survive this? And so what, what we did initially was we wanted to retain as many members as we possibly could. And so we made the decision, one, to reduce our membership dues for the fall semester uh, to try to retain as many guys as we possibly could. Um, and then we, uh, we, we went directly to our leaders and we began to prepare them for, hey, how do we operate the fall semester uh, via Zoom, like everybody has, or, or you know, digitally, and and how do we uh, prepare them to lead through that? For some of our chapters that are smaller in nature, it's not incredibly difficult to host a a, a gathering of thirty or forty guys, but some of our larger chapters are 100, 150, 200 members, which is really challenging to, you know, do anything productive on a Zoom call with that many people other than just talk at them. Um, so one of the things and value propositions I think Bucks brought to the table that was unique to other fraternal organizations is we have uh, what we call cell groups, which are small groups of four to six men uh, that meet together uh, weekly and that that's their opportunity to really kind of share uh, the things that are going on in their life, things that they can need prayer for, uh, just bear one another's burdens and, you know, fight for one another in their their walk with the Lord and, and their growth as young men. And so for us, uh, largely, we were able to continue to meet um, in groups of four to six people, uh, even though, you know, abiding, abiding by all the protocols there, we could still find a way to do that. And so that was kind of a a linchpin for us to hang our hat on, on that guys would look forward to that. It was largely outside of their roommates, probably their only social interaction they had that semester. And so we were able to uh, to really focus in on providing value to our guys there. And uh, we were really successful, I think, in doing that. And so, um, yeah, membership was still uh, down a little bit. But I think because of 
the way we are structured with cell groups that we were able to to work through that um and then by the middle part of uh spring 21 things were starting to kind of open back up on college campuses and we were able to finish out that semester with uh doing some of our normal activities towards the end of the semester which was fantastic yeah i love i love that and how god used that situation to to fall back onto the cell groups it's that getting in order to get big you have to get small first and I can only imagine those conversations in that intimate setting of four to six people, the amount of growth and how God bless that. Yeah. Uh, where a lot of other fraternal organizations or sororities might not have had that just because of the size or the way they're structured or their mission or their values or whatever it may be uh, that Bucks had that. Yeah, it was, it was pivotal. It was instrumental. I mean, guys were struggling um, things that, that, men don't talk about much is you know in areas of mental health uh depression anxiety you know guy, men don't really talk a lot about that and uh it was really a a fruitful time for guys to be able to talk about you know their fears and their anxieties and you know what is this how is this going to affect my college experience how will this affect the rest of my life you know some things that became uh real difficult questions I think to, that college students were struggling with um, during that time so it was really really fruitful time to be able to have that for those guys to to connect with one another during difficult time that's awesome with with bucks looking at at the bigger picture in the world what is the challenges that bucks may face against things that maybe the world might see it differently well for sure I mean uh Anybody who wants to walk faithfully with the Lord and, um, you know, live their life from the scriptures is going to face adversity. I mean, that's Jesus just promised that to us. And, and so, yeah, I mean, on a personal level, it's tough to be a college student who's a professing Christian these days. You know, they face uh, lots of uh, challenges uh, to their faith and, and challenges to conform to the masses. Um, and as I kind of mentioned earlier, I think universities are, are largely risk averse to things. They don't want to be in the, in the limelight in the news for all the wrong reasons. And, and so, you know, as a, as a way to do that, they, they tend to, um, look for, look for opportunities to, to where challenging situations can be resolved quietly, you know, um, and, you know, Bucks is Bucks and, you know, we, we firmly believe in, you know, the freedom of religion, the freedom of association. And we, we firmly believe that, you know, that's built into the rights of our, our people in our country to be able to gather together and to worship the Lord, however we see fit. Um, and so that's, that's challenging these days when some of the cultural issues are, are buttoned up against, traditional Christian values. Um, it's very challenging, but we, uh, we continue to pursue that and pursue the, the opportunity and freedom to, to, to connect with one another. And, uh, the, the truth ultimately will, will prevail. Um, and I really think that's a big part of what college experience should be, right? It should be experiencing, learning, uh, different viewpoints, 
um, you know, being being educated, learning how to think through difficult issues and uh, learning to decide, hey, how do I want to live my life as a young man? Um, and, you know, I think to some degree, college has done that. And to some degree, colleges look for the easy way out, you know, and are in, in the cultural ebb and flow of the cultural um, challenges of today, which can be, um, you know, difficult for a college student to navigate through some of those things. And so having an opportunity, again, to come together with a group of like-minded men who are pursuing brotherhood and unity in Christ together um, provides an avenue to discuss some of those challenges that they're facing in, in college or in some of their classes or, you know, whether I make this decision or that decision in my life. And um, those are good, right, and healthy things. And, you know, as scripture would say, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So I really believe that's a, a big part of what Bucks provides for for a young Christian man in college. Absolutely. Where do you see Bucks in five years as an organization? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think if you had asked me that five years ago, uh, I would have had a really good answer for you that would not have included, you know, a year and a half, two years of interruption. <laughs> so it's kind of a hard question to answer, but, you know, I, um, I believe that what Bucks provides college men is more relevant today than ever. And the need is uh, greater than ever to be, have a presence and have a place uh, for young Christian men to gather together and have a, a God honoring fraternal uh, experience. And um, so my hope is that while we're at 36 campuses now, I hope we're, you know, 45 to 50 campuses in five years. And, um, you know, I hope hope we grow up to 3,000 or so active members. We have about 8,500 right now known alumni in the organization. Uh, so obviously that'll, that'll continue to grow. Um, but we really want to look for opportunities to do a couple of things. One, reach down to younger uh, men and find a way to make connections um, to youth pastors and ministry leaders uh, to kind of get bucks on the radar to, you know, juniors and seniors in, in high school who are heading off to college. So we, we want to grow in that area. We want to grow in providing uh, resources and direction to our seniors who are soon to go out into the career world or, or go to graduate school or go to law school or wherever they're going uh, to help use utilize the Bucks network to um, for information and to gain opportunities for connections for their career development and whatnot. Um, so we're really hoping to expand there. Uh, in addition, we're making a lot of um, growth opportunities in our uh, recruitment and our flagship experience. Uh, we have this um, training that we have in the, each spring for our uh, pledge captains, uh, where we gather all of them together uh, for a weekend of training. And we, we talk about the uh, recruiting experience. We talk about the pledging experience and we talk about, you know, how we want to honor our guys who are uh, pledging our fraternity and the things we want to grow them in. And so those are real areas of growth opportunity. I think that are building internally strength uh, in our fraternity. Um, so we also do that something similar um, for our presidents as well. 
and uh, we fly them all out to DC and we spend a weekend there talking about leadership, um, talking about uh, giving them some tools to, to really um, lead their chapters effectively and really investing them, investing into them as young men. That's incredible. You know, because when you think about it, it's, it's really the development ground of our leaders of tomorrow and uh, to have those things instilled to them um, with God's blessing upon it. It's just amazing. Some of the men that I've gotten to meet that have come out of Bucks and what they're doing now, they're leading organizations, they're ministers, they're, they're all ministers, by the way, I, I truly believe no matter what role they're in. Uh, but they're truly our leaders of, of tomorrow. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about uh, the ministry itself. And, and I know there's going to be some Bucks guys that are on campus and maybe they want to listen to this. It's because it's Jason. So they, they're, they're going to listen. And I, I want you to share with them a piece of advice going from being a, a man on college campus, being faithful in their service to God, and faithful in the relationships in the brotherhood to taking that step out into the world. What is one piece of advice that you could give them so that they too can experience success and blessing? Yeah, it, it's a, it's a milestone transition in your life. It absolutely is. I know for me, I went from Texas A&M where, I mean, it's a huge university. Yes. Um, and it felt huge as a freshman, but it did not feel huge as a senior. You know, it, it felt small and it felt connected and it felt everywhere I turned, I would know people and run into friendly faces and be encouraged by folks. And, you know, um, and stepping out into um, your career and going into a place where uh, is unfamiliar and unknown and seeking to, you know, do your work with excellence and uh, <clears throat> going into an environment that may not be the same environment you've surrounded yourself with in college. It was very, very challenging. And so my, my advice right off the bat for, for our brothers that I always say is, hey, where are you going to find your like-minded community? You know, and so you've had that in your church in college. Hopefully, you've had that in the fraternity. Um, and wherever you move to, where are you going to find your community of people that are going to encourage you to continue to pursue um, your relationship with the Lord, to continue to pursue uh, Him and other like-minded folks? And I think that's really, really, really important for young men to to look for that and to find it. And then in your career, look ahead, look ahead to, if I stay the course of this um, career path that I'm starting in, what does that look like? And who are the people uh, in my pathway that have been successful uh, in that trajectory? And go find them and just talk to them and ask them questions like people love to be sought out and they love to be honored with being able to share their experience with someone else and you know now that i'm in my mid 40s i feel that happening more and more and more in my life when i get the opportunity to share with a younger person like hey this is what i've been through this is 
this has been my journey. And I love getting to share that. And I think most people do too. So don't be afraid as a young man, you know, entering the career world to look for, hey, who who can provide some some wisdom, some experiential wisdom in whatever career field or life uh, place you find yourself in. Um, I think that's just really, really valuable. That's super powerful. And I, and I always share with my, my coaching clients is find your five, you know, find those people that are closest to you that you can pour into them. They pour back into you and, you know, you've got to be intentional about that. That that was one of the things I learned when I, when I got out into the world is that it wasn't, it wasn't easy. It wasn't comfortable anymore. Yeah. You know, I couldn't go to my small group or, you know, a Bucks meeting um, that, that wasn't available at that point. And so you have to be really intentional about going out and seeking that. Absolutely. I mean, in our, our culture, there's so many demands put on, on, uh, on men, um, especially young men, but, you know, finding their way in their careers and then, you know, choosing uh, a spouse and what that, what is that going to, how do you do that? What does that look like? Is this the right person? Is this not the right person? You know, uh, that's an extremely important decision to make in your life. And I mean, it affects every area of your life for the rest of your life. And so, um, you know, how do you do that? again, seeking out wisdom from other people that are, um, have been married a long time and uh, can provide that wisdom is just, again, super, super valuable, um, you know, to, to anyone in that stage. That's, that's awesome. Um, all right. So you're, you're the president of the foundation for the organization. And I want to give you a couple minutes now just to talk about how like somebody listens to this today, maybe they have a student that's going off to college and, you know, they may have an interest in, in joining Bucks, you know, how can I impact that? Or maybe they, they don't, they just have a passion for wanting to help, you know, young men, you know, seek out the Lord and walk faithfully, you know, how can they support the Bucks organization? Yeah. Well, I would say, um, yeah, I haven't gone through this yet, but it's fast coming. I, I have four kids myself, um, a girl and three boys, but uh, college is, is on the horizon in a couple of years. And so I don't have a lot of advice for, you know, a parent going through that. But what I will say is, from my viewpoint, I've had a, a lot of brothers that I was in bucks with or who are around my age, mid to late forties who have kids or friends whose kids are going off to school. And every spring and summer, I'm getting emails and texts and phone calls from those guys saying, Hey, what is bucks up to these days? I really haven't paid much attention in the last 10 years, but you know, what is going on and how can I get my son or my, my friend's son connected? And uh, so I've been able to do that. I've been happy to help uh, a lot of those guys with like campus tours and connecting uh, with our brothers on the ground there who can help, you know, give, um, you know, the young man who's thinking about going to this school or that school, like kind of a, a, a real picture of what it's like to be a student here. I think that's been real valuable. So I'm happy to help out anybody who's interested in kind of learning 
uh, about a university where we do have a chapter. If you're interested in, in, in Bucks, you can find information on our website, byx.org. All of our chapters are listed there. You can put a request in for more information, or I'm interested in pledging, or my son's interested in pledging, uh, or you can reach out to me at jason at byx.org, and I'm happy to uh, make some personal connections for anybody who would need it as well. So it's incredibly um, pivotal time in young man's life, the college experience, uh, particularly the first few weeks they're on a college campus, they're meeting tons of new people, and you want them to meet the right kind of people that are going to encourage them to make, you know, good decisions. Uh, and, um, you know, getting them connected with their Bucks chapter is a great step in that way to uh, setting them off on a trajectory that would grow them and a lot of their values that you've tried to instill in them as a parent and um, have, giving them a great collegiate experience. And many of our uh, alumni have gone on to do a lot of different things. Many of them are in ministry and missions, uh, tons in the business world, lots of lawyers, lots of doctors, lots of eye doctors, and all different kinds of professions out there. Some real estate folks like you, Jeremy, and um, you know, just a lot, a lot of different career opportunities. And there's a lot of alumni that are willing and wanting to help um, young men in their next steps in their uh, career development. Well, Jason, thank you for taking the time today. Uh, you gave out some amazing information. I know we talked a lot about college men and, and campuses and all those other things, but there's a lot of lessons in there that those in the business world can take from some of the experiences that you shared and be able to apply them, whether it be to impact their business and life. And so, Jason, again, thank you for taking your time, uh, taking time with us today. You bet, Jeremy. Thanks for having me, man. All right, until next time, onward and upward. Thank you for listening to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. If you heard something that made a difference in your life today, share it with someone that might benefit and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Learn more about the host of this podcast and coaching services offered by Red Hawk Coaching by visiting www.redhawkcoaching.com.